0: Feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up. You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying that's it, forget it. That's right. let's let's no, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think that honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. listen, let's give one thing straight. Guns don't kill bees. It's no rolling do. down in the I'm not I am proud of to the, the know, know, I'm so I'm to to and I'm not I'm proud it I will never I'll never I in G-O-D. Man,
1: it, I I believe
0: it in G O D. Believe in me. Gentlemen, children, hey, picture like stencils falling out in a drought. No flow, three. rain wasn't pouring down. See that thing was all around. See my mood was kind of lounge. Didn't know which which way to turn. Flow was cool, but I still felt burned. Energy up, you can feel my surge. I'ma kill everything like this burn. Let's just get this straight for a second I'ma work even if I don't get paid for progression I'ma get it Everything that I do is electric I'ma keep it in a motion Keep it moving like a net I think so frame, but I I don't blame I I'm
1: assuming there's a reason you played that uh, Yeah, the reason is that I realized I hadn't come up with a song for the <laughs> intro <laughs> um, uh,
2: I didn't like it it's good, huh? <laughs> and I said, I did not like you it. You didn't like it? <laughs> no. Oh, really? I can't stand that type of music. Interesting. What would you call that kind of music? It didn't, At first stars. It didn't flow with our video very, very well. It was no Anya. I
1: mean, that is the true measure of yes. the intro song. That was Mast Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australian I, rapper, I guess. Hmm. Um, AKA Harry Michael.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that song got really big in like twenty twenty one and uh-huh. my son sounded pretty new to me, yeah, my son has it on his like favorites list, yeah. and it's I didn't like it at first, but it's grown on me. I think yeah. it's a great song.
2: There is a a genre of music that I can't articulate. Mm-hmm. I'd have to just show you the example. But I remember, do you know who Graham Allen is? No, he's a political commentator, has a podcast, and it, he had an intro to his song uh, to his podcast rather. I was like, and his podcast is good. I like, I like the stuff he does. But the song, I was like, this song's just so, just low IQ. And now it's like, it got super big. You'd recognize it if you heard it. Mm-hmm. And it's, of course, you know, like corporations are wont to do. Like, oh, we should crank out 80 more of this song yeah. <laughs> with the different titles and different singers. And it's become like its own genre. And it comes on my, my son's Alexa. And it's like, I can handle... I can even handle Baby Shark. Oh, that's... I'm like, you have to turn... I can't wake up w- with this music. It's... it's. Is it like that song that I just played? No. But it's... it's you, you hear it, you go, oh, this is obviously like a current yeah. thing that I, I'm hearing all over the place. Yeah. Most current music
1: sucks, especially uh, newish hip-hop. Yeah. Mumble rap and stuff, but... And that's kind of how I felt about that song. Is that
2: considered mumble rap?
1: No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Because it's legible or audible you can hear what he's saying yeah and uh it the content of the the lyrics uh aren't very like uh low iq i guess Mm -hmm. going off what you just said yeah um there and it seems kind of because i hear it so much i started thinking what the hell is he listening to and i started listening to and i was like "Eh, this song's not so bad
2: yeah New music can be tricky. Mm-hmm. The new, All the new death metal out there is really good. Is that there, right? There is a lot of good stuff going on.
1: Wow. You know, it's, uh, you know what else is tricky is calling it in its time. Like, you don't know when you're in it, mm-hmm. if what's going on
2: is a thing. That's weird. I was just having a discussion with someone at the Academy about, like, early, right around early, like, 2000, but 2002 through 2004, um like metalcore, core kind of this was the name, which is a terrible name kind of became really big. Is that and that like poppy stuff like Slipknot? And- no, no, it's like uh, it's like hardcore bands but playing like metal riffs. Okay. So it's like the heaviest ah. like metal you've ever heard, but it's played by like clean-cut, straight-edge dudes. Yeah. Which is the problem I always had with metal. Like, yeah, I love Slayer. I was like, I can do without the pentagram and <laughs> the leather pants, like, <laughs> all the makeup and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the corpse paint. And, like, yeah, <laughs> wearing a Viking helmet. Like, What are we doing here? <laughs>
1: like you're 45
2: years old. Um, so then you took the heaviness of like you know death metal. metal and all the mosh riffs and everything when it was played by like because I meant the lyrics were intelligent too because hardcore lyrics were always a little more relevant to us as human beings you know I'm not hearing about you know this goat that takes over the world and sacrificing (laughs) virgins or whatever (laughs) Not that that's not relevant <laughs> these days, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stand corrected. <laughs> but we were talking about at that time that all these bands I guess the bands would be like Converge, Drowning Man, Botch, Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, and they were all uh were coming through and touring. I lived in the city at the time, they had like a club that kind of catered, they just had like three hardcore shows a week. And uh, my buddy and I were talking, I was like, I remember at that time, like, we all had been we're kind of talking with each other, like something's like going on right now. Like this music is kind of coming out of nowhere. It's getting, it did get like big, but big to us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the bands are just getting like better and better and the records are getting better and better. And, and all these like small labels were like, you're hearing about them all the time that are like able to, you know, finance the band so they could do it full time and everything. It was, it was awesome. It was a really cool time for music. That was
1: right before Spotify came (laughs) along and ruined (laughs) everything. And old Napster came along.
2: (laughs) And it's funny though, but just like, as I was talking about with the, 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 that atrocity that was coming out of my son's speaker, is it immediately became played out. It's like major labels came in, started scooping them up. It right. became like a thing. It became a formula. It's like now there was a look to it. You know, right, they right. all had the same haircut and everything. It was immediately like, I'm completely done with this stuff. Yeah. But the real bands, the ones that were at the beginnings that were doing it organically are still around today, most of them. And they're still really good. Cool.
1: Yeah. Um, so... I guess we should apologize for this episode coming out a little bit late. You're alive. I was on death's <laughs> doorstep. See, part for of a couple the charm of this podcast is you almost <laughs> die every year. A <laughs> couple times. <laughs> <sighs> I got to say, it does feel good to laugh a little bit. I have yeah. not been feeling well. My body has uh, apparently lost the ability to regulate its own temperature. So excuse me
2: for one second. I get yeah. My sweater off. Uh, I was just saying, I didn't want to jinx myself. But I was, you called me yesterday. you like, dude, I need like another day. I'm not feeling it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever you got to do. And I think I told you, I was like, I hope i not jinxing myself. But, like everyone... You don't want to be that guy, like, oh, there's something going around. But yeah. everyone is sick right now, it seems like. Everyone I run to is like, I just, we didn't even have Christmas. Like, we were all so sick. And I just, I've yet to get sick. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm kind of looking out.
1: I'll do my best to get you sick. Yes, thank this, you. This first thing I thought when you walked in, <laughs> I'm like, ah, you're going to be eating my words later. I don't think I'm contagious anymore. It was weird. I uh, Like I was telling you, I was on the couch yesterday at noon and I had 102.4. Mm-hmm. Fever, Yeah. And then about one hour, exactly one hour later, cause I was watching the Newcastle Liverpool game. I, all of a sudden was perfect. 100% right as rain. That's awesome. Like nothing had happened. Yeah. To me, I feel worse now than I did right then. You take a booster at halftime? Is that what happened? Yes. And that's <laughs> what I'm here today to tell everyone is make sure you get <laughs> boosted. I am just red faced about the last two years of podcasts yeah, we've been doing. I was wrong. <laughs> and I can admit it. Dude, if you go on Twitter right now, uh, it is a fucking frenzy of people talking about this sickness that's going around. Like the flu? I, it, or is it COVID or what? You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I think a lot of people are calling it COVID, Mm -hmm. um, but not everyone. Sounds like
2: 2020, 2021.
1: It's well, it's actually like, you know, what's interesting about it. They created this pandemic, right? This, this disease, they literally created it in a fucking lab. And then remember when that was a conspiracy (laughs) theory and then used it to lock us Literally used that Mm -hmm. the thing that they created. They used it to lock us in our houses, destroy our businesses, destroy our health, destroy our lives, child's education, destroy our kids' education, and now and they pushed it hard in the media. Yeah, and everywhere, right? I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without turning, you know, hearing some official, high up person telling you that this was happening and what a bad person you were if you weren't taking it seriously. And it
2: worked on everyone except for that 2% on that survey that were unaware of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> COVID,
1: COVID. COVID. Is yeah. that a the what now? city in Germany? I don't... <laughs> um, and when I've, what I I find interesting about what's going on on Twitter right now is that there is like a pandemonium, like hysteria. Mm-hmm. Like, like you open up Twitter. I'll see if I can pull it up while I'm talking here so you can see it. But you open up Twitter right now and... There's going to be, like, 20 posts in a row about uh, take a selfie with your mask on or look at this picture of people. Really? um, I'm glad I'm not on Twitter. This picture of people uh, posing for a picture without masks on, just shameless, you know, or pathetic, (laughs) or, you know, it's just
2: one thing after another. Oh, wow, look at that. Um, Wait, go back up. Did she say Oh, happy new year to all the lone maskers back in the Okay. Lone Maskers, wow! What a what a hero! That's like the Lone Ranger. You're a superhero.
1: <laughs> Tips to stay COVID safe, you know. I like to this, dress up. All this shit, it's just it's ridiculous. Um, but what what struck me as um, as interesting is that you're what the phenomenon is is basically just people who are taking this. Uh, torch and running with it without the white house and the, you know, the news media really kind of pushing it. Yeah. It's like they created this monster. Now the monster is just running wild with with all this stuff and
2: accusing each other. And, um, it's, it's really kind of interesting. It's like how we uh, created ISIS to overthrow Assad. And then ISIS became ISIS. We're like, whoops. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) A little off the rails.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't see it attacking its creator yet, but the thing about it that's, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of interesting having just, I, I, for all I know, I, I had COVID. Um, it's, it's like having the flu or, I mean, not even I've had the flu before. It was way worse than what I just had. Mm -hmm. Um, there's all this stuff. you've heard about the cough, the six week long cough thing that's going Mm -hmm. on. And no, yeah. So you wouldn't, that's kind of my point. You wouldn't know it unless you went on Twitter. There's all this stuff going on right now. It's just kind
2: of weird. I've had a, uh, noticeable lack of mainstream media and Twitter and stuff in my life for the last, geez, like month now, which got me to good. thinking about something now. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause it wasn't, I wasn't giving it up <laughs> for new years or anything. Yeah. Um, I had this thought over, uh, the holidays is, I'm at the point, I'm not trying to pass myself off as some kind of like edge lord or something like that, but the things that I'm interested in, the things that I research, like for this podcast or the things that we talk about when we get together and just kind of throw our ideas around, I had, cause we've been doing it for so long and I'm so far, like kind of down the path at this point, uh, for lack of a better word that I have um, not accurately been able to gauge of bringing things up with other people. And I noticed that over the holidays. Because now some of the stuff, it's no longer I can bring up something with someone like like an NPC normie. And they'll go like, well, I don't agree with that or whatever. Now what I'm bringing up, they're looking at me cross-eyed. Like I have no idea what you're talking about. Even things that we think are like kind of in the common vernacular. So like mm-hmm. if you just propose, I was thinking about this. If you've proposed this to your kind of general normie out there and go like, so do you think that basically the infrastructure that would be created in order to have a CBDC could kind of come back in a negative way on you at all. And I asked someone that and they're like, the what? Well, the CBDC, you've heard of the CBDC? Like, no. I'm like really? <laughs> huh? I just took it as a given. I mean, we've been talking about it for three years now and I just kind of assumed you have at least yeah, heard the of course term course not. or that whatever. It doesn't shock me. Yeah. yeah. Of course they haven't heard of it. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, and I wasn't, I was like, well, I look at this stuff all the time. I was generally surprised. I was like, I would have thought you might have at least heard of it. In my mind, that was just kind of a normative conversation, I guess. Yeah, no. Now the CBDC is uh, fringe, fringe conspiracy.
1: Really, I mean, if there will. are
2: laws being passed about it. Like, surely someone would have, not to call you Shirley, sorry, someone <laughs> would have heard of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of things are going on there, right? One of them being the intentional dumbing down of our culture Mm -hmm. so that people don't, uh, know how, how to even pay attention to those kinds of things. Right. Also this kind of stuff often gets, um, if that gets rolled out, it doesn't get rolled out in a way where people have time to investigate it. That's done on purpose. Yeah. The states that are passing stuff against it, I think probably have legislators in their state houses who are maybe heroic is too strong of a word, but are really like doing the Lord's work in or finding this stuff
2: out and at trying least to head have it off it, at the past. The citizens it represents best interest in mind. Which you, wow, that's, which you wouldn't think is like <laughs> going above and beyond. I as think he might be going a little too far in there. <laughs> public
1: service. <laughs> Man, what a concept. Yeah. That's interesting. And then, you know, smash cut to California, where it seems like every law that is ever passed has the only intention is to fuck the people who live here. Yeah. It seems very intentional have you seen the latest with the uh, the gun stuff in
2: California uh, I just saw that it went into effect uh, today yesterday I and mean, it was the first today the first yesterday yesterday yeah. yeah so it is now
1: illegal in California this is actually going to be um so California passed a law that made it illegal to carry in um, all public buildings and this this law was passed like last year or the year before yeah. All public buildings and permitted public events, all areas under control of an airport authority, public transportation and certain private transportation, bars and restaurants, daycares and child care facilities, playgrounds and parks, state parks and land under the control of the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Like why would you need a gun in a place that's (laughs) controlled by (laughs) the Department of Fish and Wildlife? Gaming establishments, stadiums, libraries, amusement parks and museums, churches and houses of worship, so your church, for example, it is now illegal. It's not just up to the church. it yeah. is illegal to carry a gun in your church. bank tells me uh, <laughs> that law will be ignored this year. <laughs> I believe it should be. and all th- this is and then if that's not enough, just to make sure this one covers it, all private commercial property without specific permission of the property owner. Jesus. So unless you have a sign on the door of your grocery store that says "Please carry concealed weapons in our store,"
2: right? Then it is illegal to carry there. So, am I missing an easy one here? But state parks and land under the control of Department of Fish and Fish and Wildlife does that? Would that include like BLM land? Yeah. So how, how are you going to hunt? Well, that's federal,
1: but okay. But you well, you don't need a concealed carry to hunt. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I think
2: that's okay. That's what I was missing. I know I was missing I gotcha. something simple.
1: And so um, the the a federal judge that guy in San Diego um, said no, you can't do this, and he put a injunction mm-hmm. on this. But then this then the the whole uh, Ninth Circuit blocked his injunction, mm-hmm. and now it's being reviewed, and so it could happen in a couple weeks where it finally does get overturned, and eventually they believe that the Supreme court will overturn this. Yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, it's just like one thing after another in this, in this state. Also, they just, another law that went into effect, uh, January 1st is that all gun shops now have to have audio and visual surveillance over the entire store. Right. Not just the gun section and they have to store the data for a year like it's ridiculous, you know how much of fucking data that is, yeah, of every single day that your shop is open, mm-hmm. audio and video of the entire store stored for a year. I mean, we store we, when we have to store a little bit of data for this podcast when we do like a, a video podcast, right it's almost too much for my computer,
2: yeah, one fucking hour long podcast, yeah it's about the same amount of data that that guy who worked at the morgue in England had. <laughs> it's necrophilia porn and the cops busted him. So it's a lot. That's a lot.
1: <laughs> um it's almost I mean, it's It's hard to wanna stay here. If something doesn't change soon, I don't know. This this it is, it stays is. the problem with leaving though, and I we go we talk about this all the time, but it's like I visualize moving to Tennessee like I'm moving onto an Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. Right? yeah, and everywhere around us is going to be like California, right. And we're going to be living on this Indian reservation, not allowed to leave. That seems to be the direction <laughs> things
2: are going. God. No, not really. All right, Because so many of these things, uh, so take the porter for example, when they pull people on some of these things, yeah. like it's not even close. Right. Like the vast majority of people are like, you have to do something at the border. We can't do what we're going to do now. But you are tricked by watching mainstream media. Like, yeah, we're right. just, we're kind of representing the people and like the vast majority. Or you would think if you watch the mainstream media, it's like, yeah, right, most people are okay with men competing in women's sports. It's like 80% of people are against it. Right? it's, it's so much this has to do with just our multimedia or our media mainstream media complex. It's people tri- you know, they just watch it. And I, like, I guess that's just what we're doing. I mean, yeah. per- personally, I'm against it, by I, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to say that out loud cause it's on CNN here right. or whatever. So.
1: All right. Well, let me try this one on. Sure. This is something I've been thinking about for, Oh, that's nice. Is that lace? <laughs> <laughs> you look good in that. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing video. <laughs> um, so this is the question I would have for those people that are watching mainstream media. Or just, like, your your average, not even lefty, but just kind of establishment trusting individual. Um, If there was, let's just say for the sake of argument, that there was a large-scale coordinated attempt by the most powerful forces on earth Mm -hmm. to control people's perception of reality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um and it was so large scale that it got every every institution that you are involved with on a daily basis mm-hmm. in on this 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 game right yeah. like that movie the game we talked about yeah. right this is kind of like st- Think of this as I'm, I'm describing simulation theory okay. to you, which if you're not familiar with what that is, is the idea that we're all living in a, a computer simulation by some advanced society
2: that's, you know... We're, we're going to touch on simulation theory later. Okay, perfect.
1: Uh, I won't go too deep into what okay. it is. So let's say that, you know, every source of media, TV, radio, the movies that you watch, the TV shows that you watch, the newspapers you read, the magazines that you read your university that you went to your high school your grammar school your kindergarten and all your teachers we're all in on this thing to mm-hmm. try to control your perception of reality everything in your online life all of your social media all of your everything you google everything you search for on amazon is all filtered through this this apparatus of controlling your perception of reality down to your like your your banking and your your paycheck your job that you work, would you be able to tell that that was going on? Mm -hmm. No, you wouldn't No. unless you would need something to snap you out of it. I mean, we, we pay 50% of our income Mm -hmm. to the government because they tell us to,
2: Oh, that's what I'm bringing up today. Right? It's yeah. like,
1: are, are you serious? Like, And people say, no, it's only 30%. Yeah, your income tax is 30%. But you also pay sales tax. You also pay a gas tax. You also pay a fucking property, property tax, tax yeah. which is stupid, right? Why do we have property tax? That One reason. So that the government can control your property. That you don't mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. actually own your property, right? You would not be able to... If, if you could actually wake up to this fact, you would you would one day just look in the mirror and be like, what the hell are we doing? Dude, All you right? are doing the perfect intro for when I'm bringing <laughs> it up today. This is awesome. One of the things that got me thinking about this was I've been listening to this... Um... Did you think about this over the
2: holidays? Yeah. Okay. This is what I was thinking about, too. I went on an epic walk on Christmas. It was one of like no... Music, no podcast, no phone, no nothing. Nice. And I was like, I'm just going to go for a big walk. It was a beautiful day. I live in a beautiful area. I walked up on the hill. And this is these are the things I started thinking about. One of the things that got me thinking about it or that kind of triggered
1: this line of thought in my head was that I've been listening to this guy, um, Danny Roddy, who is a disciple, for lack of a better term, of uh, Ray Pete, who's this health guy. Mm-hmm. And his whole health stuff is centered around um, energy in in your cells and needing to increase the level of energy in your body in order to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of the things that we think of as being healthy, like a low heart rate mm-hmm. or, and, you know, eating less and you know, therefore living longer because your body is basically a car and the fewer miles you put on your car, the longer you live. Uh And he's kind of, he doesn't believe that he believes that what you, you should actually have a higher pulse rate. And, um, you know, he doesn't think sugar is bad, Mm -hmm. for example. And, um, it's really interesting. I yeah. just kind of stumbled across it, so I don't really know. I'm just kind of delving in. It's right. it's been uh, enjoyable just to hear other kind of perspectives on that kind of thing. And you know how it is in the health world; like you hear one uh, thing yeah, one day yeah, and no, another thing another day. So it's nothing to you know. Super interesting. Take to the bank, but yeah, it is super interesting. Yeah. And I'm listening to this guy Danny Roddy because um, Ray Pete's dead, so Danny Roddy is kind of carrying on the torch of this guy's teachings. And um, I'm listening to him talk and. I just, and it was funny because I thought this right before he said it. And I was like, what are the chances this guy is like a Biden Mm -hmm. supporter? Right. You know? And I just chuckled to myself. And then sure enough, like a minute later, he said, you know, it was like, obviously I'm not, you know, I don't, I can't remember how he said it, but he made it clear that he was not. Uh And not that he's a Trump guy either, but he's not an anti-Trumper. You know, he, he is because he says things and knows things that are outside the mainstream, you know, really wacky things like, um, polyunsaturated fats are bad for you, mm-hmm. which are seed oils essentially. Right. Right. Dude, if you, dildo polyunsaturated <laughs> fats. Every fucking article is about how good omega sixes and omega threes right. and all these things are for you. And the op, the the, the truth is the exact opposite. These things are really, really bad. All these, they're made like industrial lubricants basically yeah. is what we're eating. We're feeding ourselves. Yeah, they're an industrial lubricant byproduct. Yeah. yeah. And so what 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 are the chances that this guy who is thinking outside the box on this thing is also uh, just a total mainstream news consumer? Yeah. Right. It just, they he had some moment where things broke in his and he snapped him out of this simulation theory that he was living in. And he woke up to, you know, some reality somewhere along the line. Maybe it wasn't the food stuff, maybe it's something else, but it's just the two are not compatible. Like you cannot be a free thinker and also be, uh, unaware that you are, uh, uh, that you are, trapped in this
2: that the health media simulation yeah the health the health component of that equation is super interesting to me because you see all these like totally co- consistencies which i think is like really interesting yes like now because pattern recognition yeah Here it comes late <laughs> <laid> on us <laughs> yeah everything has become so like everything's political now including like what you eat so it's like i have you know he said like hey yeah i'm uh it made like a big old steak. i was, I, I don't remember the last time I had steak. It's like, really? You don't eat steak? I'm like, no, no. Well, why not? He's like, oh, I just know. It's like, oh, that's like a right wing thing too. So it's like, yeah. I just noticed that. You know what I mean? Or I, I drink a ton of whole milk. Yeah, and I've gotten people like a wrinkle in their nose. Like, ugh, ugh. how would you do that? Calcium. It's gross. Okay, good for you. <laughs> yeah the the war on fat is that I've always been fascinated with that like I, I have run the experiments on myself of like different diets and stuff like that and I just I, I do a I eat a ton of food and a super high fat diet and I'd feel great all the time I'm in some of the best shape I've been in in a long time right now and that's almost my entire diet steak eggs and milk mm-hmm. and I go to the doctor to get my blood work done every year and she's like well, I would I would try this. I wouldn't eat that steak, you know. I mean, she was like, I was like, didn't you just said my blood work is perfect? Like, why <laughs> are we changing a bunch of, a bunch of things? And I was like, I okay, got good blood pressure, good cholesterol, every vitamin because I'm I take you know supplements like all the vitamins and stuff. Yeah, I was like, everything perfect human being for my age. I was like, and you're lecturing me on what I need to be doing different. That makes no sense to me.
1: Well, the health thing also, it's like if you believe the mainstream paradigm, then you actually believe that eating poorly is the right choice and being unhealthy is just some mystery that we can't figure out. Yeah. Like ask the, ask MSNBC why so many people have are
2: obese and have cancer. Yeah. We, we often talk about that. We talk about conspiracy theories is what the question I always try to do it. So we talked about, I've had a conversation with someone like they're literally poisoning us through our food supply. Mm -hmm. Most of our food is poison, right? Why do we have a health food section in the grocery store? That Mm -hmm. makes no sense to me. Why is it illegal to sell raw milk? But then you go down to whatever the convenience store and look at the, the rack of, you know, food, I'm using, you know, they're trying to sell you. I'm like, this is poison. Everything in, everything in this store is complete poison. There's no food in this store. And at a certain point, when something's so kind of consistent, you start to go like, is this intentional? Is this being done by design just to get us hooked on a lifetime of dependency through big pharma products? And you, if you present that to people and they're like, ah, that's a little far-fetched, here's the question I always ask. with No matter what we're talking about, because then you go, okay, let's say they were right? Just entertain that thought. What would they be doing differently right now? Yeah. yeah.
1: Explain all the sickness and obesity yeah. and high cancer rates and, you know, metabolic heart disease. It's got to be, it's not, well, obviously we know that's COVID.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's all
1: COVID, right? Uh, it, there's got to be something and you're not I explaining did, I did see
2: an article that the risk, uh, they call it holiday stroke, that you risk a stroke. I saw that on too. Holidays. <laughs>
1: And I got the feeling because of the source that I, it was like Epic Times or actually it was Epic Times. Yeah. How to avoid holiday heart. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. And I I got the feeling that it was uh, maybe something that was around before COVID Mm -hmm. because the the holidays are stressful. So maybe this was a thing that people were, you know, I don't know. I didn't read the article or or look into it, but
2: uh, holidays are stressful if you let them be. Most people let them be very, yes. very stressful. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> Just dry, drive around Just on the 23rd and give me a gauge of how humanity is doing. <laughs>
1: Just drive by your local jail and see how many <laughs> soccer moms are <laughs> locked up.
2: <laughs> Just a bunch of minivans.
1: <laughs> Here's Seth McFarlane on uh, Bill Maher's podcast. But you had- Djokovic didn't need it. But you had- Aaron Rodgers didn't need it. But you mm-hmm. had
2: something like 1900 kids who died of COVID during no, the pandemic. No, I don't think not that's true. right. The New York- how many, how many yeah. of them died from the vaccine? None. The, the New York- And, and the, the thinking there is that, well, probably most kids are not gonna die from COVID. So why bother with the vaccine? Cuz it's only gonna be a few hundred kids, right? I don't know how many kids, Died. Um, that seems very high this to me. I, zero. 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 Zero <laughs> kids died, <laughs> like
1: only COVID. I mean, how many adults number died is from zero. only COVID? <laughs> yeah, very true. And he said no kids died from the vaccine, which is also not true. It's not true. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, there's no such thing as any vaccine that hasn't killed any kids. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 polio sh- vaccine, the flu shot has killed people. Polio, polio vaccine has killed people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, just that fit in right there with what you're saying. Oh, that that irritated
2: me. I knew it would. <laughs> That's why I played it. I Had to deal with. That's what some I'm here for. COVID fuckery over the holidays. Which it's, I was so surprised. It's the season. Oh, it was, dude, it's all it's everywhere uh, right it's now. I so surprised. It's oh. a big fucking deal again. It was a family member that didn't want to come over. I was like, why? Why not? But well, they wanted to come see our new house once we bought three years ago, and um, and then I get a text like, well, we can't come in. Why not? I was like, well, so and so's worried about COVID. I'm like Number, yeah. my first reaction, like, who the fuck is talking about COVID? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, that, are we on to COVID-19. Israel now? Like, aren't we doing that? I mean monkey box, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I but then I said, I don't have COVID. And he goes, Well ah. your, uh, Trump card. <laughs> Boom, take that. Yeah. I bet he had nothing to say. I was I was ranting pretty good. But then I realized uh, my wife brought me down a peg. She goes, "Just, just deal with it. It's just one one day out of the year. You have to deal with this." And so I just text back, "Well, whatever you guys are comfortable with, just let me know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I will accommodate your superstitions for one day out of the year." <laughs> I was like, "I'd hate to think that I am, you know, encouraging your mental illness, but here we <laughs> are. It's Christmas. I guess that's what I do as a good family member." Did they come over? They did. Oh, nice. Walked right in.
1: Really? Yeah. Did you have to wear a mask? Oh, yeah. I I always wear a mask. (laughs) I don't mean the hockey
2: mask. I mean... Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Walked right in. And then we had another... Yeah. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Say it. No. Don't do it. Uh,
1: Well, tell me what you were... What you thought of on your walk. So, I got to thinking...
2: I was thinking, like, bigger picture, because, you know, you, I don't know, do you do New Year's resolutions? Sometimes. Okay. Um, I don't think I ever have, but what I always seem to do, as long as I can remember, is, or at least since I became an adult, um, you know, gifted with some self-awareness with the old prefrontal cortex developing, is I do a lot of reflection. Just kind of like looking back here in review. So not so much a resolution, but I will think like, eh, like that worked out real well. Let's not do this thing again. You know what I mean? Uh We could tighten up like this area of the life or your life or whatever, you know. But I don't say like, I don't know. I'm going to exercise or <laughs> I don't know what most people's resolutions are. Probably that. That's one. Yeah. And, uh, but I did start, I was thinking Academy is going to be packed tonight, by the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> It wasn't yesterday. There was eight of us in there. <laughs> was it open? No. Okay. I <laughs> it might to have doing to do it. it. <laughs> is um, I was just thinking of, of the things that we talk, we talk about quite often. And then I was thinking about that, that thing about, um, uh, was it the CBDC? I was like, is this weird? I guess I operate on the assumption that there's more of an awareness of some of these things, and so I, it, which I think, kind of tricked my mind into kind of thinking about like some bigger picture stuff, and that is basically what 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 are we doing here? Like, what are the things? What's like the through line that just like the umbrella that covers everything that we talk about in here, and which you'd put it as what like anti-authority, anti-tyranny, um, anti-government in a lot of way, anti-corruption anti-war. I don't know. What would what, what, what you think? Yeah,
1: I think if I had to call it one thing, it would be anti-forced coercion. Yeah. Which is, you know, what the state, all the state does. Right. Is violently coerce people into doing what they tell them, take their stuff. Making
2: you follow laws at the point of a gun. Yeah. It's, it's because everything is a reduction of violence under state authority, mm-hmm. under a tyrannical government, which is what we're living under. So... Okay, we're going to back up a little bit. We're going to talk about the 2008 financial crashes. Crash. Mm-hmm. This is what made me start to think of it. Is um, what's your understanding of what happened there? It's so funny. I just started reading David Stockman's uh,
1: like 36-hour-long audiobook book mm-hmm. um, called "The Great Deformation." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Great Deformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <coughs> I've it's, read it. It's all about the the financial collapse. Oh, really? Yeah. Starting then. Well, it's I. It's actually all about the terrible system that we live under mm-hmm. of fiat currency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want me to summarize what the 2008 <laughs> financial collapse? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Just
2: quickly at the very. I'm going to go through it anyway because it it brings up some yeah. details. Uh, I think I'm going to
1: call it uh, out of control gambling by uh giant banks, including those of which make up the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. um, and instead of them having to pay their gambling debts, the us taxpayer bailed them out mm-hmm. even those banks that aren't
2: American banks by the way yeah, and they gave <laughs> themselves bonuses with the money <laughs> so yeah, it was basically a catastrophic economic crisis that resulted in millions of working class Americans losing their homes, their jobs, their pensions, their life savings, etc it was the it, it was the worst Um, and it sent us into the worst recession since the Great Depression.
1: Think about that. Like, what did they tell us was the reason that we had to bail these banks out? They're too big to fail. And if they failed, it would send us into a terrible economic (laughs)
2: depression. We bailed them out and went into an economic (laughs) recession. fuck off. (laughs) So they, when you look at, the why's too. It was primarily caused, you know, by a combination of factors, but primarily the subprime mortgage crisis. Which, like, once you get into the nuts and bolts of like why the the, the housing market actually failed, uh, and this this was coupled with just the astronomical levels of debt that these banks and corporations had, but also people had individually, you know, to get into this house. You know, they w- they went into debt or they're yeah, it was
1: very easy money, which right. led people to make dumb decisions mm-hmm. with that
2: money, whether they were giant corporations or, you know, some plumber. So this, the the short of the subprime mortgage crisis, no pun intended, and the ensuing unprecedented crash of the U.S. housing market is that the, with the way that try not to go like too far into the weeds here. I often uh, reference the book, the big short by Michael Lewis. And there's a great movie by the same name. Sounds like your book is talking about the same things. They took these things called ARMs, which were adjustable rate mortgages and the banks were making so much money because with these ARMs, they could get anyone into a house and make the money off the sale of the house. then they took all these ARMs and then bundled them into an MBS, which is a mortgage backed security. And, These MBSs were made up of several different tranches, they were called. And so they take all these different kinds of loans and then bundle them up and then sell them as a complete package known as MBS to private investors on Wall Street. Now, to put a value on those loans, they had to take them to the rating agencies. They gave them anything from a B, Double B, Triple B, all the way up to AAA. Triple A was the highest you could go. And A market was created specifically to do this. If you get into like uh, the CDS, the credit default swap, and the CDO, which was a collateralized debt obligation, I believe, Mm -hmm. and so they specifically created a market out of thin air so they could take these MBS, uh, you know, these securities and sell them to the banks. Now, for the banks to have a value on to, to them, the ratings agencies, which were supposed to be the overseers that were supposed to be regulating the market to make sure that no criminal activity happened. They didn't know what they were looking at because, and they almost all got like triple A ratings. Now this was done by bundling the tranches in such a way, because we're talking about tens of thousands of loans in one bundle, right? To sell to an investor. Mm -hmm. And they would manipulate the tranches so they looked like they were solvent on paper, when in reality they were not. There's a great part in the movie. Um, so imagine it like this. In that movie, The Big Short, Anthony Bourdain says, "All right, here's how you can understand." Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. The cook. The cook. Yes. Huh. He's, he's in that movie. They got all these like cameo shots of people. Yeah. And he's like in a kitchen and he's, cu- he's cutting up fish. He goes, "Okay." He's like, "Cause they explain, you know, the MBS market and the CDOs and the CDSs and everything. It's like you get lost like pretty yeah. quick." He goes, "Here's here's how you can understand it." He's like, "I'm a I'm a chef." I got my fresh fish, right? Friday night—that's the special. Only I don't sell enough of them, so now I'm going into Saturday, so the fish isn't so fresh anymore. And I'm going into Sunday, still have all this fish left over, and now it's not fresh anymore. I can't sell it as fresh fish. I mean, it's it's starting to stink or whatever. Easy, it's easy. I cut it all up, put it in a pot, and I have this fish stew. It's a whole new thing. It's the same thing. It's a whole. That's how that. That's what an MBS is. They took a bunch of, like, really, really shitty loans, bundled them together with some good loans, showcase the good loans, and, I mean, that's the short of it. And mm-hmm. so the rating agencies will go, that's AAA. And then the investor on Wall Street will go, like, I'll buy that MBS for, you know, $200 billion or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And that happened, like, over and over and over and over again. Now, there's... Now, as to the crash... Is that these loans, which were specifically designed to fail, insert your metaphor for the IMF and the World Bank right here, is when you buy under an adjustable rate mortgage, that's to get someone into a house that they typically probably cannot afford. They do not have the credit worthiness to buy that house, right? But if we can get them in there for this low interest rate and like no money down sometimes, and the problem being is when the bank jacks up the adjustable rate mortgage, which happened to... I can probably count twenty people, um, you know, off the top of my head that this happened to. I'm one of them. You're one of them. Is they jack the rate up, and you're like, I can't. Even if I could afford this, I'd be paying for something that doesn't exist in reality. I'm paying for. I'm basically paying for a seven hundred thousand dollar loan for a house that's worth four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And so, what happened? So, what should have happened? And I honestly,
1: I don't have any problem. With all of that, mm-hmm. I think that if that's the way that your bank wants to do business and you think you can make a profit doing that, mm-hmm. you should be able to do that. I think every bank has a right to gamble with all of their assets like that. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we ended up having to bail them out. Yeah. Because, like you said, they knew these things were going to fail mm-hmm. and they knew that they were going to get bailed out because bailout is the name of the game. We've right. been bailing them out forever <laughs> since
2: 1913.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The difference this time is that it was just so brazen.
2: It was like kicking sand in our faces at the very end. Right. So, of course, when the rate goes up and now you can no longer afford the house or you just realize, you know, I can't afford the house, but I'm I'm not going to pay for something that doesn't exist in reality. People walked away from their houses and then the bank ended up with the tangible asset, which would be the house. Now, before to before you think that oh, the banks made out like bandits, they did, because they made so much money, that's why they're turning a blind eye to this. Either they were unable, like they were incompetent to be able to see it, or they knew what was going on, and they're like, we're just making so much money, we're just gonna basically make hay while the sun is shining, and whatever happens down the road, we'll deal with. all these people walk away from their houses, bank ends up with a house, Um, but now it's worth, I think the average was 20% less nationwide, uh, just because the housing market had plummeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was up to like 50% in places like um, Arizona, Florida, California, where this was going on. Like, even more, you know, the activity yeah. was a lot higher. More intense. And the reason why that this failed is a couple of lunatics that ran hedge funds went through and read the individual loans. I'm talking like 20, 30, 40,000 different loans and going, like, this. this these are all like faulty loans. Like these are all going to fail. And I think by the time they brought it to wall street, as they started, like we are going to short the housing market, which had never done been done before. And he approached all the big banks. Like I want to short the housing market. (laughs) We'll take your money if that's what you want to do. He's like, but you know, the housing market's not going to crash. That's just not, not a thing. You know what I mean? And I think he had realized that at that point that the, the the faulty rate of the loans are at four percent. And he was just a, a statistician genius because when this hits eight percent, everything fails. The housing market fails, and then the entire economy is gonna fail. He, he's just it was him and a couple other guys that were like kind of realized they're the ones that shorted the market and made hundreds of billions of dollars on the, the market, which is kind of a genius move. And so in the book, there's a great line where one of the investors is describing the, the derivatives market and the ARMs and the MBSs and the CDOs and the CDSs, right? And he explains... Now, why he chose to pull back the curtain a little, I'm not sure. Well, because he knew there'd be no repercussions for their some of the most prolific criminal behavior in world history. And he says, you know, when we explain to the banks or the investors or even uh, go to, going to the ratings agencies and we give them and we start, you know, running our mouth about, you know, all these, this technical jargon and the system and the, and the, and the CDO was actually created as the mechanism for which to sell these bundles that didn't exist before, you know, cause no one had bundled home loans to sell them to investors. And, you know, they had like a little bit, but it was like not on this scale. Like, so we made this like function of wall street specifically for this industry. And the guy has this beautiful moment because he goes, you know, for those of you that listen to this and think that this is this is entirely complex and I, I don't understand how it works. He's like, because that's how we designed it. It was designed for you not to understand it. It was designed for the ratings agencies to go like, I don't know, give it a triple A rating. It's like we did that. We purposely obfuscated everything about this process so no one would understand it. And we were making hundreds of billions of dollars. Like that's why this system was created. And I thought about that. He's like, it's done in the way he has, I can't remember his exact line. He's like, we present this complex mechanism for these financial trades and a way to present to you that you need us for this whole system. And it has to go through. We're the only people who understand this. And that's why that system was done like that. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking, this made me think of two things. Number one, which we're not going to get into, uh, I bring up the housing crash because all economic indicators are saying this is going to, we're, like, right on the verge of this happening again. Like, some people are predicting the summer of 2024. Um, but number two is him saying that, like, we, we, have done, we have manipulated and created this, like, very complex system to make it think that, so you guys know that you need us because this system's not going to work if, you, if it's not for us, the people in charge. And I thought, like, what a great metaphor for the political elites, like our political system as a whole. Does that make sense at all?
1: Yeah, that they've just created this uh, unnecessary complexity so that we all don't right. un- have, so that we need them to yeah so
2: think think of it like this is that yeah i think that's accurate. so on one side you have your i was thinking a way to our ways to articulate to people when we say things like I, i'm not on a team like I, I don't really care who the president is you know I mean? like, they're all fucking lying corrupt psychopaths like that's that's what i get now when you say that here in northern california they're like oh that means he's a republican it's <laughs> just the <laughs> stupidest thing i've ever heard so let's let's break this down let's so here'd be the first step is like I'm thinking of ways to like approach, I had a conversation with a family member and someone it's, I'm very close with and I have great conversations with, but they, um, the conversation basically ended up with them kind of going like, why are why are you the way you are <laughs> like, like <laughs> more, more or less, which is just like, I hate all authority. I hate all government. It's all corrupt. The whole system's corrupt. I want to detach from it as much as I can whatever I hear on mainstream media and go like, I'm going to do the opposite. It turns out I'm right. (laughs) Most of the time, I'm not going to believe anything coming out of the mainstream media. You know, every, you know, October 7th, I'm like, I got, I'm not on the side. I want give me as much information as you can. And Mm -hmm. right off the bat, like fuckery, fuckery, corruption, lie, misinformation. I'm like, that's how I get to where I am. So I thought about like ways, what I'm going to tell you right now is kind of the conversation that I had. And then, you know, with you know without the seven glasses of wine <laughs> so you think about it like this as i was explaining this person I was like okay so on your one side um let's take just you know, this gets a little clunky but let's take the people that have this undying, undying devotion to the, the political system right so your statists, um you know anyone that's just all in on the election and if I could get my team in there, like we're going to turn this thing around, you know, all you people that are devoted to the process, to the system that you were basically born into. And then on the other side, we have what? Like libertarians, uh, anarchists, minarchists, agorists, uh, Rothbardians, Austrian economics. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. There's like this, this is also, I think it's funny when people go, what's the libertarian perspective on blank? I'm like, dude, libertarian, libertarianism. This is why we call ourselves small L libertarians. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, there's like 40 different parties (laughs) that make up the the libertarian movement. There's not one perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're all vehemently and disagreeing with each other. They fight more amongst themselves than they do with statists. Sometimes it's fucking hilarious. Totally. So assuming that the first kind of challenge that you have, if you have this discussion with someone is like, okay, first we need to get over this hurdle known as the two-party illusion. Mm-hmm. This is like something that we are always hitting on. It's like, do Democrat, Republican, like, what's, tell me the difference. Yeah, And this is a great question for someone like that, because they they, they'll look at you cross-eyed like, are you kidding me? You know, Democrats are this, or Republicans are this. And you go like, at the, at the end of the day, though, through the things that actually matter, I was like, I will, I will join a team right now if you can explain to me what the difference is. Like explain to me the four the, the the core fundamental differences the things that actually affect my livelihood and the prosperity of my family. Explain well, to me the difference. Republicans are racist, okay, and that's why the Democrats
1: freed the but slaves. That does, that, does not
2: that, my, that does not affect my family at all. <laughs> I got to remodel this house. That is not going to be a factor. <laughs> so, the point being of that question is: Have you ever just? You're trying to, like, break someone's mind, right? Because we're born and we're indoctrinated to think that we have to work within the confines of this pre-existing behemoth known as our political system, right? And it's sold to us. It's a dog and pony show. It's pro wrestling. It's watching sports. They, oh, yeah, did you see the Republicans in Denver? That, that was a nasty debate on CNN. Was like, there is no difference between those people. Maybe some subtle nuance about... You know how Rovers Wade plays out in Nebraska, <laughs> like I don't know. But the things that actually, actually, like affect your livelihood and your family, like it just it. This is what you ask these people. I mean, no, I want you to explain it to me. Like you're trying to sell me on this idea of statism and our political process. And this, and this, you know. I, explain to me why it's not a two party illusion. And I've never had that. Well, answer. what
1: do you, what do you, when you say that, what do you think so, about some candidates uh, who are, uh, who do?
2: I'm not saying every single person. I'm saying like far and the, above the dog and pony show. This part is what of we're dealing with. Yeah. yeah, because okay. you go, you know, when we also talk about that. Have you ever considered like every roughly every four to eight years, half the country feels that their entire existence is on the line. Their fundamental way of life, you know, the, the America they knew or the America that they want is like in dire danger. I give you the, the Trump years mm-hmm. and the four well it's seven and a half year temper tantrum that we've been listening to and one thing i was trying to explain to people is like you would you would you say there's what's scale one to ten uh going from 1990 to now let's say it's put 1990 at a one what what's the level of political division that you see in america right now 2024 it's a 10 it's a 10 yeah i was like do you can you imagine a world that that wouldn't be? And the reason would be is like if we're talking about who pres who's the president, are the Republicans in charge, are the Democrats in charge? You know who, who's got the House, who's got the Senate, who's gonna you know who's the the nominee for next year? You know like who who can we ta- illegally take off the ballot so they can no longer <laughs> run? Is he go like. Can you imagine what it would be like if the federal government wasn't so big, if they didn't have their fingers in every facet of your property taxes, your sales taxes, and your you know, income taxes and you know, taxing you on this and your health care and everything? If they if and they weren't devaluing so, your money, devaluing your you money are with. telling you what to do with your property. Mm-hmm. I was like, you can imagine that if that wasn't a thing, no one would really care who the president was. It'd be just like a minor conversation, which it kind of, you know. Not what that was, that's not what it was like in the nineties, but it was a hell of a lot closer than that, than it is now. Well, yeah. And
1: then, I mean, all of the, it's, yeah, you can't really fault people for feeling like it's the most important election of their lifetime because they've set it up so that it would be. Yeah. And And I mean, the difference between a president in 1990, who was that? Bill Clinton and a president now, it's like... they are doing everything they possibly can to ruin people's lives. Absolutely. Look at what they're doing to the border. Flooding the yeah. country with immigrants from all over the world. Um, flooding the country with the worst drug that's mm-hmm. ever been created. Yep. Fentanyl. Um, l- attacking literally attacking up to a hundred thousand deaths a
2: year. Fentanyl deaths. I think at this point,
1: political dissidents are being locked up for protesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's no wonder people feel like it's the most important election of their lifetime.
2: It probably is. And then when they, when your when your team doesn't win. Right. And what do you say? It's like, well, we just, just got to vote harder next time. And then here we we go again. Okay. Yeah. And then you go like vote harder for what though? What is going to change? Like, is it, are you going to reduce the federal deficit if your guy wins? Are, you, are Is my dollar going to be worth more today than it was last year? Are we going to stop funding legal wars all over the place? Are we going to get rid of the Federal Reserve and the central banking system? Are the public schools going to get better? It's like on and on and on. Nothing, everything it just gets worse and worse. It doesn't matter what guy is in power. And so I'm always, I'm always trying to wrap my head around, but like, who are you people that are so like steadfastly married to this process? Like your life is going to get better. Everyone's life gets shittier every mm-hmm. year because of this political process. That's why Dan, not Dan Carlin, George Carlin said,
1: don't vote. It just encourages the bastards. <laughs> it's a big old club and you ain't in it. He, when he said that it actually, what he meant was, it was so accurate. Like you're just encouraging not I'm not saying that you shouldn't by not voting, you're not gonna be stuck with these monsters, but what you're voting for is which side is going to chip away at your rights more right and it, or in what areas maybe yeah maybe they do it the same, but one side takes it from here and the other side takes it from here, none of them ever relinquish power, yeah or relinquish their control or you relinquish the amount of money, give back the m- amount of money that they mm-hmm. take. They always do more and more and more. Yeah. When they print money, it's almost w- worse than them taxing us because you don't know that it's happening. Yeah. It just kind of tax. You don't know about, just, you just wake up a year later and all of a sudden your dollar is w- worth half what it was. Yeah. That's exaggeration. You have, but-
2: you have more in your savings account, but you have less money. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically how that math works out. And so I started thinking about, remember we were talking about the allegory of the Plato's cave and the shadows mm-hmm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. Uh, so you remember what the short of it is? Mm-hmm. It's like these people are chained to the wall and they just face the wall and they watch their shadows slowly move across the cave wall. And they believe that to be reality because they don't have any any other alternative framework for for which to perceive reality. They have no other, there's nothing else. It's just I watched this shadow. Now we use that as a springboard for simulation theory. It's like that that which I thought was a was pretty accurate metaphor, right? They're mm-hmm. watching something that's not reality, but they are convinced that it is reality. And I started thinking about that that's kind of like the people that well, status, right? It's, they're kind of like the guys in the cave. And when you were and and I'm not, and I don't say that as a pejorative, I'm not making fun of them. What I'm saying is like, we are indoctrinated through birth to know that like this, this big government is going to be the answer mm-hmm. right? and everything needs to go through them. They need to be in control of everything. And what we are trying to do is essentially walk into that cave and tap the guy on the shoulder. Go like, dude, look behind you. Mm-hmm. It's like, they can't comprehend it. It's like I've spent thirty yeah. years watching my shadow move across this cave wall. Like,
1: imagine if you walked into that cave and you said, "Hey guys, I'm going to turn the lights on so you can see what's actually going right. on in here." By turning the lights on, you would essentially, you know, quote kill the shadows right. on the wall, which would freak that's even those, better. That's even better. They would freak the everyone out. Like, no, don't turn the lights mm-hmm. on. We, you're going to kill us. And it's, Well, that's not who you are. Yeah, you're more than that. Yeah, trust us. We're going to turn the lights on. It's gonna. Be- <laughs>
2: Learn podcast, turn the lights (laughs) on. (laughs) And when you are trying to explain this to people, you know, of like, let's envision just entertain the thought that we didn't need all this. Just like think about what that reality might look like. And so many people, they can't comprehend it because they have been indoctrinated. And what we are saying, we're going to people and say like, I'm not, I just don't understand the value in debating or even hearing about Which party gets to have a, a monopoly on state-induced violence to control myself and my family? I'm like, consider that there wasn't one. Like that's where I'm coming from. And yeah. people that can't break out of that binary process in their mind, like you will be, you'll be meet, met with confusion. Sometimes anger. People get like upset at you. You are saying like, I, why do why do we need this system? Like, what is it? What is it really doing? Mm-hmm. So, I started thinking about. You're familiar with the term absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's mm-hmm. historian uh, Lord Acton. That's a tough name right there. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. So now, why did I bring up the 2008 housing crisis? Is that first off, it starts as a, as a great example how easily like, large power structures immediately become corrupt and greedy. And how us, the plebs, the working class, are left footing the bill. This happens every time over and over. But I also thought it was great is that the way that that investor says, this system was created so that you people think that we know us, that, that you people think we are necessary. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about that I think the greatest trick ever pulled Probably in world history because this is not just our country, but let's just think about our country the the greatest trick that these political elites already ever pulled was convincing us that we need them yeah and that process probably began while the ink was still drying on the Bill of Rights yeah and has just screamed straight up on a graph
1: to where we are now that is probably the most important thing that the Constitution the Bill of Rights, did was um canonize the idea that the government should be held in check mm-hmm. right? the power should be held in check and here are the rules you know i mean i'd love because, to hear the
2: argument of whether that's true or not today <laughs> well yeah we know how that <laughs> ended up but the
1: the fact that they came up with that notion is pretty you know pretty
2: profound and yeah um,
1: you know it, what happened happened but yeah
2: so think think about this for a second. So think about um, if you're explaining this to someone, think of uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, you know, Gavin Newsom, Elizabeth Warren, John Kerry. These are all people who spent their entire lives in government. Now you put them all together, you are going to have a combined net worth of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. What have they done? What have they produced? Yeah. What no. have they done? Nothing. You tell me the tangible asset that they produced. What's the value? Misery? <laughs> misery, is a, <laughs> misery is a tangible asset. <laughs> which we can, well, we're here to short misery, motherfuckers. What, <laughs> what, what business are you in? Nah, the business of misery. <laughs> so if they are worth hundreds of billions of dollars, and where does that money come from? Yeah, well, it comes from the the plumber and the construction worker and the restaurant owner and the dishwasher and the chef and the yeah. landscaper
1: manufacturer and they have
2: produced nothing. What does that make these people? What does that make the political class? They're it's parasites. Parasites. They're, they're parasites. Yeah. They're the world's most well-financed tapeworm. That's what politicians are. That's what our political process is. Yes. And that's the way as we go into 2024 that you need to start thinking about this because what we're proposing to you envision a world where these people do not exist. And I'm going to give you the case because I know what the statist reaction to that would be. Oh, it would just be bloodshed, pandemonium. Chaos, pandemonium. So, and then also, you know, as we asked in the beginning, is this, you know, the world's largest tapeworm grift? You know, starting at the bill, the signing of the Bill of Rights to today, has it gotten better or worse? It's worse just in like, to an insane degree. In, it's incalculable. Every metric, yeah. Explaining all the things going on, explain us sending 200 billion dollars to Ukraine to one of the founding fathers. He'd be like, What do you okay? First off, where do you even send that money? <laughs> billion dollars? That's <laughs> so much money. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought about this, I thought about that metric starting from the Bill of Rights. So and now it's like, um, you know, I'm going to do something special here. We're going to, um, we're going to meditate. All right, Did that guy. Yeah. Okay. I want you to imagine waves on a beach, like the ones you're hearing. And these waves on the beach represent the world's most well-funded tapeworm, (laughs) (laughs) known as government. Making it a little bit hard to relax, but I'm going to try. And the beach is us, us frogs in the boiling water, us plebs, represented by what the Founding Fathers originally intended with the Bill of Rights. And every time that wave comes on the beach, what's it do? It takes a little more sand, a little more sand every time, 24-7, never stops. Wave crashes, 3% tax, 12% tax, income tax, sales tax, property tax, 20% tax, the central banks, The Federal Reserve, a war, another war, creation of the IRS, the FBI, CIA, the military industrial complex, 30% tax, more war, another war, more war, we're going to send chemical weapons to Iraq, we're going to bomb Iraq because they have chemical weapons. (laughs) Another wave on the beach, guns for the IRS, 40% tax. We send our money to Joe Biden, who sends it to Ukraine, who sends it to Hunter Biden, who gives it back to Joe Biden. Another wave on the beach. <laughs> All right. No more, no more uh, meditation. So relaxed now. Did you enjoy you. that? Uh, oof, just like a weight <laughs> was lifted off my shoulders. And of course, this being the world's shittiest beach, <laughs> yes. every once in a while, the wave does what? It, it puts a little sand back on the beach. Mm. What do we got? I got me a stimulus check for $1,300. Woo, I'm going to buy me a jet ski. Meanwhile, your kid's having his fourth anxiety-induced panic attack because he hasn't been to school in two years, and your husband's drinking himself to death because you lost his fucking job because you guys locked everything down. But you got that check for $1,300. I love you, daddy government. So if you propose this, and what's the usual response if we tell an NPC this? Like, Matt, what if we just didn't have a government? What's the first thing? What's the go-to? Well, it would be uh, chaos in the streets. People would be just... Or even before that, before cannibalism. What about the roads and the schools? Yeah. <laughs> it's the typical... One. Yeah, how so, would you pave the roads? Yeah, so assuming we didn't take Zelensky up on his request and stop building roads and schools, we <laughs> 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 kept it going. So here's the, I was having a discussion with someone, and they said, I was like, well, the first thing you hear about is like, well, what about the schools? You know, because we're talking about what, what, do they, what do we get in return for this? They take half. They, they harvest us like cattle. They're, they're tax cattle herders. That's what they are. Yeah. They're psychopaths. They take half of our livelihood, our energy on this planet, of our waking hour, half of that roughly goes to the government. That yeah. time you could be with your family. You could be starting your own business. You could do whatever. That is donated at the point of a gun to the yeah. government. What do we get in return? Well, we get the schools. Okay. Do this with me. Let's pretend tomorrow all the schools disappear. We get an eat. We get a text. are like, we just shut down all education. We shut down all public education. Like you're on your own for no one. Is your kid going to still be educated? My kid is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would, would my kid still be educated? Well, we homeschool both of our kids. So, <laughs> so we're bad <laughs> examples. But uh, with the vast majority of people around you, would their kids be educated? I believe so. Okay. What about the roads? I think we could figure it out. I've been to a lot of... You, you, um, everyone na- Everyone now has roughly twice the amount of money that they used to have, right? Do you think we would have a road? On I've been street? to a lot of gated
1: communities, um, and the roads there are private. The the city yep. doesn't pave their roads, and they're a lot nicer than yes. the roads on front of my
2: house. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling we could mm-hmm. figure it out. Yes. Which was so, that was so hilarious about these political elites, you know, in Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit saying up there, you know, marching with the people like we should defund the police. And like everyone's like, yeah, she's standing up for us. Well, no, 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 no. She's not talking about your, her neighborhood. She's <laughs> talking about you guys. <laughs> like she's still going to have cops. You understand that, right?
1: <laughs> like in California when they are basically taking away everyone's guns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gavin Newsom still has armed Armed security. Yeah. So
2: let's think about free driving, right? Um, Because what's what's the status reaction to that? I was like, what's going to stop someone from just running through the red light and killing you in your car? I don't know. Maybe self preservation. I want to get home to my family, and probably that guy feels that same way too. And then go, I would say like almost all of us would be operating on that. And And, it's and you'll get the one, like. Well, there might be that one guy that just doesn't care anymore. I was like, I would argue he's probably not following a law if there was one.
1: Right. Well, I remember the In, first time... Insert gun control debate right there. My mom... Yeah, exactly. My mom uh, said, oh, you're a libertarian. Well, well, I guess you just don't want any traffic lights on any of the intersections anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that about sums it up. Yeah. It's like, no, I still... That not anti war. I do think the traffic lights are useful. <laughs> when they go out, shit is crazy (laughs) we need the traffic lights so we just don't need the government
2: to install them yes let's take it out of self-preservation uh i you you pulled onto my street today right they live in a long wide street Mm -hmm. quiet um let's say that you turn the corner and you can confidently assess like there's no kids or pets around what stops you from driving 70 miles an hour down the street to get here faster just not want to be that guy. Exactly. Cuz you don't want someone driving like that in your neighborhood. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't want any of your neighbors to go hey, what's up with that dude in the white truck? You don't want to be an
2: asshole. Yeah. Exactly. So, we think about this. Do we have a government making laws about who we're supposed well, to Well, hold on, right. let me go back to that. Yeah. Because
1: not wanting to be an asshole, you could say that like, well, people like in cities don't care. You know, they're, they're ruder in cities there. You you can be an asshole in a city and you're more anonymous. So no one cares. Mm -hmm. And I would say yes. And that's why a lot of people don't want to live in cities. Right. The government facilitates that and wants people to live in cities because in cities you are more reliant on them than you are reliant on yourself. Absolutely. Right.
2: Great point. But think about 99% of our interactions as human beings on a day-to-day basis you know, All the way down to who we choose to marry, how we behave in public. How, am I, how do I interact with my neighbor? How do I interact when I'm out there driving? Mm-hmm. They're all done on a voluntary basis. Yeah, It's an anarchistic order. It's like, I don't want to be an asshole. And I don't, other people don't want to be assholes. <coughs> like, we all, given our own free will, are going to thrive and interact in a peaceful and civil way to other people. That's innate in us as human beings. We don't need laws to do these things, right? Well, those things are all
1: responsibilities that each of us takes. And the further back you go in time, the more responsibility we were expected to take for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But but the government, the state, <laughs> sorry, the state would rather you outsource that responsibility. Correct. To them.
2: It, they, yeah. You people are, are willingly choose to outsource your morality. I mean, how big do you
1: think the social security administration is?
2: I just, I actually recently heard that something like eighty something percent of their buildings are completely vacant. Really? They're still being paid for by us and they're not even being used because someone proposed like, why don't we put the homeless in there? Like, nah, we might, <laughs> we might use it one day. <laughs> So let's go back to the greatest trick ever pulled on society, is that if 99% of our interactions as human beings are done on a voluntary basis and they function swimmingly well, do you find it odd that the, the one that the government comes in and says, you need us or, or society will fall apart, is only when it's involved us generating income to support our family? It's the world's greatest grift. Say it again. So we don't need a government to behave, right? We don't need a government to be nice to people, to not Mm -hmm. drive like an asshole, to be nice to my neighbor, to be a good, to raise my kid in a good way. Most of us. Well, Well, although they're they're trying, they're trying. Yeah. I was just going to say, like,
1: back to what I was saying about the further back you go in time, the more we did, we took these responsibilities on our own. Mm hmm. And then we started outsourcing like retirement. I brought up social security. Right. We've outsourced our own elder care to the government. Right. And what do we get for that? A shitty, you know, social security system that's totally insolvent and doesn't (laughs) work. Six roommates in New York and they all have COVID. And there's 60,000. I just looked it up. There's 60,000 employees in social security administration. So we're paying for 60,000 workers that we don't actually need. Right. Those could all disappear and you could just take care of your retirement yourself. The FDA could disappear. So that's what's the FDA? What responsibility is the FDA outsourcing? Your uh, responsibility to not pollute your environment mm-hmm. or to hold your neighbors accountable. That's the, for, if if they, that's the EPA. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Then we you don't, don't need them either. Okay. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Insert three letter <laughs> organization here. Yeah, CAA, DMV. I think about this a lot with the ADA laws that. We are outsourcing our morality to the government with ADA. Yeah. I've been a part of some fucked up jobs where oh, me too. restaurants that I've worked on had to put in ADA ramps and all this shit. I mean, a hundred thousand dollars is no is not even it's probably less than what it cost this last job that I did to put in these ramps in this bar that are never gonna be used. Yeah. And what they used to have was a wooden ramp. That the problem was it was too steep. Mm-hmm. So $100,000 later, right. they had it fixed. Right. Just some keep so bureaucrat now, went
2: there and checked a box.
1: So now when someone in a wheelchair comes to that place, if they before couldn't get up the ramp, what would happen? Everyone in the bar will go, oh, dude, let me help you. Yeah. Like, pull them in, right? Now, it's like, fuck you. There's a ramp there that I paid $100,000 for. Use it, bitch. You know? <laughs> We've outsourced our... We don't have to be moral right. anymore. We don't have to have uh, compassion for this person because we spent hundred grand to the through this ADA bullshit yeah. so that that person could get in there. It's a worse society because of that. It's not better. We didn't make it so that, oh, that person pulls up to the bar now and they feel great about how much this bar cares for them. No, there's just this fucking ramp. Yeah. There's this concrete ramp. It used to be they felt great because people would lift them up and pull them in. Yeah. Although there's, all, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that got offended when you tried to help them, which is... <laughs> A whole other
2: thing that I'm not
1: getting to get right
2: now. Uh, you're, you're. Do you ever read, you're familiar with Hayek, right? Yeah. Frederick Hayek? Uh-huh. He came up with the notion which explains this anarchistic order and this voluntarism and how, like, um, it's embedded in us to be civil to each other, mm-hmm. to be nice, to help each other, mm-hmm. to have a strong community. Uh, he, this is known as spontaneous order that you wrote about. He's like, that's what this phenomenon is. And then he says there's little the government needs to do because essential institutions have been provided seemingly by nature. We don't want to be assholes. We want to be good to other people Mm -hmm. because we have a spiritual investment in everyone around us being able to thrive and Mm -hmm. to be healthy and Mm -hmm. to be a functioning member of society. Yeah. And we expect it of other people and we expect it of ourselves. That's spontaneous order. It's the free market. We don't need a fucking law that would tell us that we need to do that. Right. Call it, I don't know, a community. Yeah. Is Is that the right word? Yeah. That's amazing the, concept. That's
1: the principles of the, that make the free market work.
2: Yeah, so it's basically if you if,
1: if you gain by someone else's gain, then you, and you both gain, then why would you ever want to fight with that person or right. steal from that person? If you both working together create some,
2: you know, a synergy that's more than the two of you separately. If people want or need something, they will create it. Create it among themselves. Like, but due to this ever-growing political industrial class indoctrination that we get from birth, people. Their brains have been infantilized and that's been done intentionally. Go like, mm-hmm. no, if like, if we don't have, if I don't give half my money, like you, it's like you belong to a mega church. If I don't give half my money to this omnipotent, omnip- like powerful entity, yeah. it'll all fall apart. My neighbor, I won't be nice to my neighbor anymore. Right. It's like, well, fucking, what kind of a person are you? Like, what is your view of humanity that you don't think that people could thrive on their own? Right
1: especially given all the millions and millions of examples of that that happen on a daily basis or have happened in the past before we had the huge behemoth of a government that we have now.
2: We're not going to have, we're going to do this on a different episode, but are you familiar with game theory? Yeah. So I went deep on game theory. A lot Uh of this attitude comes from game theory. Game theory originally kind of was hijacked by the club of Rome through that books, uh, that book, the limits to growth game, you know, game theory. How do you understand it? Well, game theory, you mean, what is game theory? Yeah, just like the basics of it.
1: Uh, it's the theory of uh, how, uh, I don't know, how intera- how people interact with each other based on um, winning or losing an interaction. Yes, it's,
2: it's basically, it's a theory that proposes that the world is like a board game, right, with finite resources. There's only so much. And I'm, I want to win this game. Mm-hmm. And anything I gain comes at your loss, And that's how, that's the prison through which they view the entire world. Well, that's not actually the uh, part of game theory.
1: Yeah, that's one. So, are you familiar with that study that the, um, some scientists, some like game theory scientists Mm -hmm. did where he asked uh, programmers to submit a program Mm -hmm. and they had like 12 different programs and they would compete against each other. And you could either, um, the way that the rules were set up is that if both, parties if party A and party B uh agreed, then they would get uh three points. Mm-hmm. If party A agreed and party B dissented, then party the dissenter would get five points. Mm-hmm. If both parties dissented, then you'd each get one point. Mm-hmm. And so if you just dissented every time you were always guaranteed one point. Yeah. And if and if the other person happened to agree when you dissented you'd get five points. Right. Well, it turns out that the most effective um, strategy in that game. So he asked a bunch of people to submit strategies on how to, yeah. you know, assent or agree, dissent or agree back, you know, and you'd figure it out just in they, these, they would compete against each other and they did this big tournament. Mm-hmm. And the one that was called tit for tat is the one that succeeded. And what it did is it started out agreeing, agree, agree, agree. And if, if the other program dissented, then it would dissent. But then it would agree on the next turn. Mm-hmm. And then it, unless the other one dissented again, then it would. So every time it would do that. And it was just the most like basic program, uh, all the other complicated programs and all the other uh, like tricks that they tried. And some of them were very kind of tricky and evil almost, yeah. you know, and some were good, but didn't matter. That was the one that beat all the other ones. Interesting. Yeah. There's a, a, a pretty cool YouTube video. I'll share with you yeah. on that, but sorry, that was a, uh, uh,
2: quite the, <laughs> the game theory <laughs> detour there. Well, we'll do game theory in another one. Cause, uh, they, they hijacked it for what became the religion of climate change is based on game theory. Cause it's also, it's they applied that template to natural resources and it got into the psychology of the status. Cause this is game theory is basically, it's a psyop. It's indoctrination in, used in this context here and they're talking about how we have tricked people into believing that anytime you see prosperity or like wealth this is for like the status or marxists they go well you know you've heard this oh that rich asshole like because in their mind he only has something because he took it from someone else like this guy has a lot, which means someone else has a little, which is not the mm-hmm. world that we live zero in. Zero sum. Yeah, zero sum game. Like the entire world is a zero sum game. The climate, right? All our natural resources, all money, right? Is a zero sum game, and it gets these people go like deep, in which they like kind of tie it into the religion of climate change. Like it's like holy crap, I never thought about that. Like it's really, we won't do that right now, but
1: it's yeah. interesting how that applies to to life, though. How the game theory actually, yeah.
2: I look forward to talking more about that. Yeah, but to um, if you think about it, to most people, like presenting this the idea that we don't need this giant political behemoth like to run things, like to consider that as not a reality, like I was saying before, like you're going to be met with like utter confusion, even like anger. People mm-hmm. get like upset at you about it because it's like they have like almost a religious affiliation. They're turning the light too. on in the cave. Right. It's like the world's largest case of Stockholm syndrome. Right. And we're <laughs> explaining to you, like, do you understand why you, you can't afford a house? You're like a this? slave. This is why. And they're like, no, Elizabeth Warren will get me out of this. <laughs> Dude, seriously. I think this is also why we have seen such a war against, especially now, because the silver lining of the COVID pandemic is how many people woke the fuck up. So people, mm-hmm. the amount of people that pulled their kids out of school, you know, they started questioning things like, Oh my God, dude. Like they just lied and lied and lied and lied. And, and they tricked me into taking these shots. You know, the amount of people I've had say that and, and it's woke people a lot. It's like at least freed the mind. It's developed the skeptic brain. It's woken that part of their brain up where they're now like, if they lied about all this shit, like they gotta be lying about Ukraine or Israel and all this other, like how, like how long they've been lying to you? Like the entire time like since you were born, you've been lied to and indoctrinated to believe that these people are benevolent leaders. And that's not the case. And then we had like a perfect example of that. And I always thought like, dude, the amount of people just within the last year that have come up to me, like, dude, that thing you're talking like three years ago. Like that was crazy. That turned out to be true. I'm like, not that we know everything. The only, the only powerful tool that we have is we're just so skeptical that we just know these people are fucking psychopathic, corrupt authoritarians. And so whatever they say, I'm like, I'm going to err on the side that they're lying to me. And yeah, you could tell they're, they're lying to take because their shit. lips are moving. So anyway, going into 2024, just something to consider. If this is too much to wrap your head around, enjoy watching your shadow move across the cave wall. <laughs>
0: freeze When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Ay, what you know about rolling down in the deep. When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. She said that I'm cool. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's true. that's true. I believe in G-O-D, I don't believe in T H O T. She keeps playing me dumb. I'ma player for fun. Y'all don't really know on my mental let me give you the picture like stencil falling out in a drought no flow rain wasn't pouring down see that pain was all around see my mode was kind of lounge didn't know which which way to turn flow was cool but i still felt burned energy up you can feel my surge i'ma kill everything like this purge let's just get this straight for a second i'ma work even if i don't get paid for progression i'ma